Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. Yes, just because Joel is not on this episode, I threw in so many welcomes because I know he hates me. Um, <laughs> ah, I love it. <laughs> welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I'm your host, Jawan, and I'm joined by possibly the two best co-pilots a guy could ask for. <laughs> Starting with Nick. What's going on, Nick? What up? Uh, I just finished... Uh, the probably the most tedious article that I've done yet. It's my volume three of the top 100 draft prospects for the NBA draft. Uh, it's posted now onto uh, gdnation.com, so go check that out if you're an NBA fan. Um, it, it it took me like 10 hours. <laughs> it was so fucking long. <laughs> but... Uh, hopefully it was worth it. Hopefully at least 10 people get derived some sort of pleasure out of it. Uh, and you know, I'll be happy it's an hour worth of person's pleasure. You know, <laughs> it's, it's all yeah. good. No, I completely understand. Everyone make sure you go check out that article. Um, Nick pours his heart into all of his articles and they're definitely worth it. So make sure you go take a look at that. Um, we're also joined by Tia. What's going on Tia? What up, guys? Um, John, I love when you do welcome, welcome, welcome. I try and emulate it on the top. I try and emulate it on the top ten by like hello, hello, hello. My little nod to the great Juwan here. I, I picked up on that, that when you hosted the Captain Marvel show. You said the hello, yeah. hello, hello, and uh, I almost commented on it, but <laughs> I, there was a, it, it, it there wasn't a good point for me to say anything um but i was like obviously emulating the uh our our fearless leader Juwan. like it was it was it was nice though i picked up on that thank you i truly appreciate it i do truly appreciate it's a fun fact um i got my welcome 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 from Whoopi. that is how she opens the view um so i stole that from Whoopi goldberg Uh, it just seemed like so welcoming and, and positive like it just it's fun you know, I guess the repetition. I don't know. Um, but Joel hates it, so now I have even more motivation to use it. Uh, it, reminds me, it reminds me of my grandma, which is nice. Like, it does. I'll take it. Whenever, whenever she answers the door, uh, like she, she sa- I think she says hello, but she says, she says it twice, but she says, uh, well, hello, hello. Um, so, yeah, it's like it reminds me of my grandma. So it's like, oh, I feel all at home and stuff. Wait, isn't I, I, that in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Scott's daughter gets him a little trophy that says, like, world's best grandma or something? That's, that's your next <laughs> yeah. Christmas present, Joan. <laughs> nice. Yes, I would, yeah. feel, I would feel honored to have that award. Um, I try my best to be the <laughs> best grandmother I could possibly be, so <laughs> that is an honor. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, we got so much to discuss. Let's jump in. Let's start with our trailer talk. Um, let's start with Aladdin. 
Um, Aladdin had a brand new trailer drop, even though I felt like it had another brand new trailer drop, like maybe a few weeks ago. But anyway, um, Nick, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on the brand new Aladdin trailer? Well, they seem to have fixed like most of the CGI troubles that we were worried about with uh, Will Smith. So you know that's cool. Uh, Jasmine looked really awesome in her like uh, quintessential like blue dress outfit. Um, so yeah, cool. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I, I would say really quickly that the singing was something I was looking looking for, and the singing was, was good. It was good. It wasn't, like, horrible, yeah. but I didn't think it was going to sound horrible. So, um, But, Tia, your, your thoughts on the Aladdin trailer? I thought that we had a script to stick to, Nick, here, that you were going to just go, oh, cool, and then I was going to go, eh, no. But, uh, I, I <laughs> really quickly, like, I, I don't know what it is. This is just not grabbing me the trailers which sucks because I love the Aladdin cartoon I've seen Aladdin on Broadway and it was fantastic just for some reason and it's not that like the costumes look great everything looks great um as Nick said it seems like they're probably uh fixing the CGI problem but just for some reason I don't really find myself that excited for this movie unfortunately maybe I'll change my mind seeing the movie yeah, I mean, never we, reveal the behind the scenes, Tia. I, I just, <laughs> come on, dude. I, like, I, I called an audible. You got to roll with that, you know. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but no, I, I will say, Tia, to your point, um, it, it hasn't necessarily grabbed me either. Um, but every time I say I'm not going to see something in theaters, I do. So I'm just not even gonna kid myself. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so I, I'm definitely you gonna see this. You saw King Arthur, Legend of the Sword in theaters. <laughs> Time out. To be fair, to be fair, we got invited out by the studio to go see that that early screening. So sure. we didn't necessarily pay for it, but I did enjoy it enough to where I would have paid for it the second time. Yeah, but I didn't see it the second time in theaters. But anyway, um, let's move on to the granddaddy of them all the best trailer ever created. Uh, no, uh, I'm literally joking. Uh, <laughs> we're going to jump into what I assume is the final trailer for Avengers Endgame. Um, I'm just going to kind of break down what we saw in the trailer, then I'm going to pass it off. I don't want to get deep into my thoughts because I learned every time I start by doing that, I steal someone's idea. So I don't want to do that. I want to let the two co-hosts kind of go in, <laughs> get their thoughts, and then I'll go in. Um, but yes, we, we get the trailer starting with narration from Tony, uh, narration from, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, Steve Rogers, and you also get some from, uh, Peggy Carter. Um, and the line that stood out to me the most, again, I'm paraphrasing, was, um, you know, something along the lines of the, the you thing you could, back. say it again, Nick. You can't go back. You can't go back. You can't go back. That was that was the the element of time is is what I was trying to allude to of mm-hmm. of her dialogue. Um, but they made sure that was in there for a specific reason. Um, totally. Also, also we get shots of the Avengers team um, in their spacesuits. It looks like spacesuits, but they're not spacesuits. They're quantum realm suits. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I 
deeply wish they were going into space. Like, I, it's one of the <laughs> biggest things that bothers me. Oh, dude, the um, bottom row would be so much cooler, though. No, I, I'm not disagreeing. I just, I, I always imagine when I saw them in suits like that, it would be to go into space. Um, but okay. no, it, it looks cool nonetheless. Um, we finally find out that the shot um, of the Avengers walking through the, the hangar, um, where we were kind of debating on who they were leaving out, it was Tony and Gamora. Um, Tony just looks, God, I hope he's not the star that ends up dying. Which is funny. Go ahead. It's funny because I said that it was probably Captain Marvel, and you said, ah, I think she'd be at the front of the line, and they left her out too, but she is at the front of the line, so uh, props to you on that one, Joel. It was a guess. I, I'm not one of those people that would say <laughs> I told you so because I'd be a liar. So it was just it was, it, it was a fortunate guess on my end. Um, but we get a couple action shots. We see Captain America. Um, we got during the Super Bowl with, with that TV spot we saw – his hands uh, lacing up the, um, the shield or tightening up the shield. We now get to see his face. It looks like he's been through a lot. He's worn down. He's battle-tested. Um, we see Ant-Man flying through on a pencil. We get a shot of Rocket. And, by the way, can I just say, again, Nick, Nick me and you personally have said this all the time, the Russos just get these characters. Something oh, so, so simple as Rocket Raccoon in his comic-accurate blue and red yes. outfit blew me away. It just really did, because it's so simple, especially like, so elegant. Especially, like, on the side of War Machine that doesn't have a fucking minigun. Like, it's, right. it's like War Machine has two miniguns. He's got his minigun, and then he's got Rocket, like, shooting a fucking gun on, on his other shoulder. So fucking dope. Like, so fucking awesome. A hundred percent. The funny thing is seeing Rocket on um, War Machine is you know there's going to be a joke of when Rhodey sees Rocket Raccoon for the first time and sees him talking, he's going to freak out. What is this thing? <laughs> you have to <laughs> step in and go, he's a friend of mine, relax. Um, but, yes, we also get a shot of <clears throat> his name's Rabbit. <laughs> his name's Sweet Rabbit, yeah. Um, we also got a shot of Tony, Cap, and Black Widow all chanting. Um, what was it they were chanting? Um, never forget. What, or never forget. No. No. no, it was, it was whatever, it takes. Whatever, it, whatever takes. it takes. Thank you, Tia. Yes. Whatever it takes. Um, then you get, uh, well, you get Black Widow and, and Cap saying it. Then you get Tony saying it twice and then saying it emphatically. Um, so that scared me a little bit, <laughs> but, um, then you get the trailer ending with, of course, a shot of them all walking, then it goes off, shows the title, comes back to Thor, and, um, uh, Captain Marvel kind of with, with a face-off, and Thor stating that he likes this one. Now, really quickly, before I pass it to you, Nick, for your thoughts on the trailer, um, they shot, they showed footage of this movie, um, kind of out of out of order at like a uh, a shareholders meeting or whatever, um, and excuse me, I was told that the the back and forth between Thor and Captain Marvel is going to be golden. Um, this is that. one of the things that I really I really like. Like I want the two strongest people on the Avengers to be um, competitive with within each other. Because um, we didn't really see that with Hulk and Thor like we usually do in the MCU. So if that relationship's going to be between Thor and Captain Marvel, I'm completely okay with it. Um, but, Nick, I'm going to go to you first. 
your thoughts on the final trailer, it seems, um, for Avengers Endgame. Oh, dude, of course I fucking loved it. Um, yeah, well, let's start here, because you just mentioned it. Uh, the relationship between Thor and Captain Marvel. I think this is quintessential to where I think the MCU should go, because to me, I feel like you can set this up so much, like Tony and Cap, um, to where they have this um, almost like kind of petty rivalry to start. Um, it, you know, like the scene where he, he pulls in the hammer. And by the way, that was a hammer. That was not um, the, the, the axe. Um, so I wonder no, how that Nick. works. No, Nick. It was, it was the axe. It was, no, it was Stormbreaker. You see, the shot that a lot of people saw, um, if you're just going based off of watching the trailer, is it shows yeah. the back of it. And the back of it looks oh, just okay. like a hammer. But once he okay. sets gotcha. it down, and then he's leaning on it. So you know it's not the, the hammer because he's leaning on it. So that's Stormbreaker. Because remember, Stormbreaker's tall. Okay. Like, that weapon is tall. Right, right. So it is Stormbreaker. Because okay. right. I did hear a lot of people think right. it was uh, Mjolnir. It did look like Mjolnir. Um, uh, Mjolnir. Um, but, uh, nevertheless, aside from that, like, when, so when he pulls Stormbreaker in, and she doesn't flinch, and, like, it passes by, and her hair flicks up, like, I feel like this is, like, right in the stage of the meeting, and, um, this kind of standoff-ish realm of things, um, and I feel like it, it, if they're smart, um, and I, I shouldn't even say it like that, because they could do just about anything, they go any different direction, and they're probably gonna. It's probably gonna be gold. Um, but in my opinion, I would set it up where you kind of have that sort of Tony um, and Cap um, sort of um, mini rivalry going on uh, in the original adventures. I think you can kind of mirror that without it being too similar um, between these two characters, um, because I do think if there's one character that I think um, would be, uh, you know, one of the, the like the the big three, if you will, with between Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man, like going forward, um, having like a uh, like a, a big role going forward. I would I would pick Thor out of those. Um, I would pick uh, if, if if say you had like kind of a, a fuck Mary kill situation. Like if you if you had like you know. Um, big role, small role, die situation. I would say big role Thor, small role Iron Man, die Cap. Um, and like, so I, I don't know. I feel like that setup is there, um, regardless whether they build on that or not. I feel like it, it, like the, um, the communication between those two characters uh, could kind of mirror that and, and be something uh, very interesting. Uh, and the fact that, like, she just doesn't flinch and she's just, like, such a fucking badass. Uh, I loved it. I loved that. Definitely that scene was the one that stood out to me the most. Um, as far as the trailer, um, as it, like, as a whole, I feel like it, it's a lot of, I, I want to say, like, a lot of, um, reused footage. Obviously, there's reused footage that we know is reused. Um, with all the black and white shots and everything. Um, but, like, I, I feel like a lot of these scenes, uh, like, I mean, you can see 
these characters like fighting, uh, and it looks like the background is very much like Titan. I don't know that any of that's going to actually be in the trailer. I just think like it looks cool, so they threw it in there as like kind of filler or whatever. I don't necessarily think we're going to get that, I, which is again. Like, Marvel is just so good at not giving you anything to go on. Um, I think they missed the mark as far as advertising for Captain Marvel. It hasn't hurt them at all, um, you know, honestly. Uh, But for these Avengers movies, they just have so much, um, like, such a big sandbox to fucking work with that they – uh, you know, essentially can pull from so many different resources, whether it's a cutscenes or, um, you know, old footage from movies or whatever. Um, I think that a lot of it is that. Um, and I like it in the sense of I still don't feel like I have a really good hold on um, what's going to happen. I feel like the biggest reveal in here is obviously the Quantum Realm suits, Um and and still, like, you don't know exactly what that means, like, what they're going to do with these suits. Um, but uh, but I'm still really excited about it. Um, I, I particularly like Rhodey's suit because it's, like, a quantum realm suit around uh, his um, uh, war machine suit, and that looks super fucking cool. Um, I wish more of the characters had, like, those variances to their suits. Um, I think that would be super cool. Um and in fact, I honestly, when I first saw Iron Man and the fact that he didn't have like some variants to his suit, I was like, oh, maybe that's like an edit and maybe like he's not actually there. And then I watched a video um, from somewhere and they were like, well, yeah, but nanotech. So like he could just like, like put that shit on like, you know, it, it just forms around his body. And I was like, oh, right. So like, yeah, that is my, my theory fell apart. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no man, this this trailer uh, got me so fucking hyped. Obviously, I'm already super hyped. But yeah, I mean, it, they just hit that the, the nail on the head with everything without giving away anything. Uh, and it, it's classic Feige being able to um, like gin up all of the excitement without giving away anything for us to really you know grasp hold of. And you know we'll we'll see what comes of it, but obviously um, uh, this uh, whole quantum realm thing is, is you know going to play a big part in this story. It's just a question of to how much and and how it plays into it. I wanted to point out two scenes you were uh, you were referencing from the the trailer, um, and just going off of what I heard again. No, this is not concrete by any means. Just going off of what I heard, and I'm mixing it a bit with uh, theory. So the scene where Thor summons um, Stormbreaker and it goes past Captain Marvel, she has a budge. Apparently, it seems like that scene is when is right after she arrives, um, and they're telling her what happened. Um, you know what happened, what happened to Fury, what happened to the world, and she immediately says, "Well, what have you guys done?" And they're like. It literally just happened. <laughs> like, we started playing with this device, you showed up. And she's like, well, we need to go find this guy and, and try to stop um, Thanos. And it begins to become an argument between Black Widow, Cap, and Captain Marvel. Thor then stands up, <laughs> walks over, summons it, and um, 
the dialogue between them is something along the lines of, if I couldn't stop Thanos, um, what makes you think you can? And then she says something like super, like super cool. And then that's when he goes, I like this one. Like he summons Stormbreaker and then he goes, I like this one. Um, and also the scene you're re- uh, referencing to, um, I want to make sure I'm getting this, this right and it correct me if I'm wrong. The one where Ant-Man was flying off the pencil and it looked like Cap was, was like battle, battle ready. Is that the one you're referencing that you didn't think was going to actually be in it? Um, no, that wasn't the one I was referencing, but that is a super fucking cool scene too. Um, that like, seems like it maybe takes place. Now there's obviously that scene where, um, like, uh, War Machine and, uh, Ant-Man like have their masks like fall down and they look like they're in Avengers HQ. Um, and it looks like maybe it takes place there. Um, but again, Mm. like who knows, but go ahead. Yeah, no, the um the, the scene where you see it looks like Cap is, like, you know, ready to, to go to war, ready for it to end and everything. I'm hearing it could be the logic of um, them storming into, like, going off of all this rage, them storming into trying to take out Thanos, um, and it doesn't work. Like, they try to go take yeah, the fight to Thanos again. It doesn't work. And then they find a way to do it over again. Um, and then that's when you get the line of Cap saying, I hope this works because if it doesn't, I don't know what I'll do. Um, so that's yeah. the extreme level of desperation because they've tried it and it didn't work. Like um, I was hearing like, you know, you have Thor and Captain Marvel going full force against uh, Thanos. And it, uh, by the way, I wanted to point this out to get your, your opinion on this, Nick, then I'm going to pass it right to you, Tia. Kevin Feige just recently said in an interview, that because a lot of people were asking, like, dude, you didn't show any weaknesses as Captain Marvel. He said, no, no, I did that for a reason. I want Endgame to expose her weaknesses. So if yeah. anyone who is not familiar with Captain Marvel, her binary mode where she was going like Super Saiyan, that is dependent of energy. So if Thanos can, can uh, fight her hand-to-hand, it will drain her energy enough for her to get her weak enough for him to land one solid shot to knock her out. Um, yeah. So her, her binary mode is dependent on energy. So the more he uses, the, the better it is for her. Um, so the idea is he probably will figure out, I'm not going to use the stones. I'm going to just hit you really hard with my fist, and that'll stop <laughs> Um But I wanted to get your quick thoughts on the idea of Feige saying that we will find the weaknesses of Captain Marvel out in Endgame. I think it's brilliant. Um, I think the people who had such an objection to her not having any physical struggles in her solo film, um, I found very frustrating because she has a lot of um, personal and emotional struggles throughout that movie that I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, if you just negate, then you're not like you're not really watching the movie, or you have like a predetermined thing of like Mary Sue-esque uh, uh, logic, um, and I feel like you're just missing the point. Um, but I do feel like they should definitely explore that with the character, because if you want this to be um, an ongoing character, then you do have to explore that side of her. Um, you do have to explore some sort of physical weaknesses. Um, and I, the fact that you know he has said that and wants to explore that in this movie makes total sense to me um and i think thanos is that character um you know that could 
that you could explore that with. And, you know, by doing that, you set up uh, essentially um, what could be her weaknesses with any sort of foes going down the road, whether it be Galactus, um, you know, or, or, or Kang the Conqueror or any other um, major foe they could introduce uh, later on. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like that. I think it's smart, um, and I think that, uh, you know, per usual, uh, Kevin Feige, you know, has the plans all laid out. I would say it, it makes it, – it does make um, the, the, the trolls have some ground to stand on as far as Captain Marvel was just a setup movie to Endgame mm-hmm. uh, for her character. Um, mm-hmm. but I personally don't feel that way just because, like I said, I feel like she goes through a lot emotionally in that movie. Um, I don't think the delivery was perfect, um, but I still feel like the impact was there, um, especially the scene between, um, Carol and, and, um, uh, Rambo, uh, you know, when, when she basically tells her, um, you know, tells Carol who she is to her um, and, and what she's meant to her. Um, I feel like that was by far the most powerful moment of the movie. Um, and, you know, I feel like people who uh, underestimate those aspects of movies, um, you know, just don't get drama. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, what are you going to do? Like, it's, it's not for everybody, I guess. Yeah, I mean, even to the people that think um, it was just purely a setup movie, like Kevin Feige gets that. That's why he said they're going to do more standalone films. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a while right. before we get another Avengers movie, so we don't have to worry about that. My only issue was the stakes of Endgame felt like they were weighing on Captain Marvel. And what I mean by that is Black Panther touched on Avengers only in the end credit scene. That was it. There was no other, like, big mention of Avengers, of the events, of anything that happened, like the attack on New York, nothing. There was no other mention. It was purely a standalone film. Um, So I think people were, I guess, walking into Captain Marvel thinking it would be exactly the same. But no, Captain Marvel sets up what the universe plans to do going forward. So it had more to its agenda than just Endgame. Like, it was setting up right. scrolls for later, for Super Scrolls. Mm-hmm. It was setting up uh, how, you know, uh, the, the beginning of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that. So it, it, it a lot was on its shoulders than just, oh, well, you know, just set the table for Endgame. Like, no, no, no. It was setting up what the next phase is going to be um, going yeah. forward. So, yeah. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I want to pass it over to you. I want to start with asking you um, same question I asked Nick. Like, uh, does well, I'll flavor it a lot differently because Nick brought up a really good point. I'll ask you this way. Does it bother you that we'll see Captain Marvel's weaknesses outside of her own movie, um, but in, in the Avengers? And then you can kind of go into your thoughts on the trailer as a whole. Um, No, it, it doesn't bother me because in her movie, I thought that if anything, we did kind of see a quote-unquote weakness with the fact that her powers were being repressed. So it wasn't like she started off the movie at 100%. 
she was, if anything, at 50%, maybe even less. And we saw through the course of the movie her uh, able to break away those restraints and then become this ultra-powerful being. So it didn't bother me at all. Uh, to see weaknesses in Endgame, yeah, I think that's great to include that in so that you kind of – because if you think about it, yeah, in Captain Marvel she was up against a challenge, but it was in no way anything close to what Thanos is. So why not explore her weaknesses when it's up against someone like Thanos? So that's how I feel right. personally about it. Um, as far as my thoughts for the Endgame trailer, whew, uh, I am really the per- <laughs> I am really the person who gets like really like physically excited for like shit like this. Like even during <laughs> Christmas, they are um, like the worst. But I'll be really happy on the inside. But I'll be like, wow, great, thanks. And it's like really that's your reaction for what I just gave you. And it's like, no, I, I'm I'm happy. But for this, I like I I went to the bathroom at work. I'm like like squealing I'm like I could feel myself like all excited for it because they I love that they start <laughs> I love that they start up the trailer in the whole black and white and they're exploring both Iron Man Cap and Thor's past but then as I thought more of it if you think about it you know these three are like the the origins of the Avengers, you know, they're the pinnacles. They're like, the, you know, even though there's Captain America, it's like they're the captains of the Avengers. And we know that it's going to be Chris Evans' last ride as Cap. I'm not 100% sure about Robert Downey Jr. I'm not 100% sure about Chris Hemsworth. But just the fact that they were using black and white footage of old movies with quotes from those movies makes me very worried that like all three of them are going to die or some shit like that. But uh, yeah, that, that was, Oh God, that was such a good trailer. I mean, I love the whole echoing whatever it takes because you really see that the, this is the last resort for all of them. And they, and when Cap says to Natasha and he's like, you know, I keep telling people to move on, but we can't. And even like, Natasha, when she goes and meets back up with Clint, it's like even she's scared. And it's like we've never seen Black Widow like that. So to see that is just – it shows you what's at stake and what how intense this is. Of course, I love I loved Rocket and War Machine. I'm like, wow, this is the duo – I never thought that we needed, but we needed. I mean, of course, Rocket loves Rhodey. He has a big, giant suit that has guns on it. I mean, that is like Rocket's dream right there. And uh, and I love the scene where you see Scott Lang looking at the uh, the electrical pole, and it has all of the missing signs on it because I feel like that's him just getting out of the quantum realm, and he's so confused. He doesn't know what what happened because he was in the quantum realm and he's just kind of like figuring out now. And I feel like that scene is going to be before the scene that we saw in a previous trailer where he's, you know, knocking on the Avengers front door because he needs answers. And of course he's going to go to the Avengers for answers. Uh, Yeah. And just, I'm sorry. I love those quantum suits. I'm so happy that that's what it is. And when you first see Cap is walking and then you see them all walking and then there is Tony and Nebula. And I'm like, 
which, by the way, Juwan, earlier in the show, I was on mute, so I didn't correct you, but you had said Gamora, and I was like, he means nebula, but I'm going to say Nebula, punish. thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but we saw Tony and Nebula in that secession there, and I was like, yes, they got back. Tony and Cap are working together again. It is perfect. As Nick, I think it was Nick who said, I love War Machine with his quantum suit is kind of like over his regular uh, suit. That was just awesome aesthetically. And I don't know if you guys noticed, it's just like the little things I noticed, but in that scene where they're all walking, you see Scott Lang and he looks really kind of like, oh God, we're going back again. Like almost like, I don't know, there was much more of a seriousness on his face than we've seen in like previous trailers because obviously he was kind of like, the comic relief in the first trailer. So, and uh, everything is so good. I almost, and this is going to sound bad, not that I forgot about Captain Marvel, but I really thought that they weren't going to, like, show us anything until Endgame. Sorry. I didn't think that they were going to show us anything until Endgame because, you know, this trailer was released and Captain Marvel only came out, like, what, two weeks ago? So I was like, all right, they're not going to, like, show it and kind of ruin the end credit scene that we saw in Captain Marvel. No. And of course it's Thor because it reminds me of the scene in Infinity War when he asks Gamora how she knows so much about Thanos and they're like, oh, you know, Gamora's the daughter of Thanos. And you think that he's, when he gets up and he's like, he killed my brother and you're like, oh, Jesus, uh, Thor is not going to be happy. And then he just touches Gamora's shoulder and he's like, families are hard. And so when he just kind of, like, stands up and it's like you see the two strongest, like, people just staring one another, and she doesn't even flinch when the Stormbreaker, like, goes, like, he's, and this just kind of reminds me of something we talked about earlier on the top ten, like, Thor is such an appreciator of, like, strong women. Can we just, like, point that out for two seconds? Because Valkyrie, Captain Marvel, he's just, like, you're strong and you're a woman, we're going to be best friends. So, yeah, that was just awesome. I love this trailer so much. It got me so excited. It got me worried. Uh, and I just need April 26th to come out, like, right now. Yeah. I'll Hell yeah. Two, two points I, I want to point out. One, the the seeming foreshadowing of the possible death of Stark, Cap, and Thor was the same thing they were feeding us um in infinity war for the trailers for that like it felt like it was tony's end. it felt like it could be cap's end. Thor, i didn't really get that feel from um but it just felt like cap or tony like we're definitely gonna die and they completely swerved it um so i do see the idea of if they if one of them dies or if two of them or if three of them dies one of the deaths is gonna one of the deaths is gonna be like a disappearance not an official death. Um, like, another one could be Cap stuck back in time, but not stuck in the sense of, like, how can we get him out in the sense of he, he says he wants to stay there. Um, I just, I, to me, there's too much of a draw for you to box yourself in um, in the sense of, all right, well, like, Cap dies, dies, so, like, that's it. Like, you guys aren't going to see him come back, like, ever. Like, I don't think they want to box themselves in that way, but You've been building this for about 12 years, so something needs to happen. Um, so you got to give me something concrete. 
Um, but to your other point, Tia, of the um, – excuse me, I completely just forgot where I was going. But the other mm-hmm. point that you were making in the sense of um, – oh, oh, the uh, showing Captain Marvel in, in the trailer. The reason why that's super important, um, and I'm not really shocked that they did it as soon as they did it, is because you now might have listened to uh, someone's opinion on Captain Marvel and was like, nah, maybe I'll like wait for it to come out on DVD. You see her in that trailer, Ooh, you, think yeah. you missed something. You think you missed something. So now you're like, all right, I got to go see this to see like how mm-hmm. did she get there. Um, so it builds intrigue. It's smart mm, marketing, and point. I tell you guys yeah. how much I love marketing. It's genius marketing. Captain Marvel's mm-hmm. only been out for two weeks. Do you know how you keep it number one for three to four weeks? You throw her in the trailer. You and make put it her in the in-game trailer. Yeah, exactly. That's, you're you make, fucking totally right. You make people who didn't see it who are like, no, nah, I'll just wait for it to come out on DVD. They immediately are like, no, maybe I will go see it. Like, I think I'm missing something. <laughs> right. Like, see, this is why I got to watch them all in order. So it's genius marketing. It's that's how you do it. <laughs> so DC, listen, 100%. that is how you do it. That is exactly how you do it. Um, but yeah, this was um, this, this this trailer was crazy. Um, I told Joel originally, um, and he kind of, we had a long conversation about. It. I originally didn't necessarily enjoy the trailer from the standpoint of we've now had three trailers, whether it was a teaser or an official trailer, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen no action, um, and that, to me, bothered me a bit. Like, I didn't need to see them fighting Thanos, no, but just some action see? shots of, like, someone suiting up or, you know, like the shot that we got a Thor in the sky lighting up, just something along those lines. I felt the same way about the repurposed footage. Like, we've seen three tra- trailers now with, like, repurposed footage um right. so like i feel you there like uh, it, it, so it, in a different sense i kind of felt the same way like you know it's just it, it, just it, like it, just just show us shit like show us cool shit from the movie and it's like so much of this trailer is like stuff you're not even going to get in the movie which in and of itself is smart um but nevertheless it is the same same way you feel about seeing some kind of action, it, it, like both of which are, are frustrating. But yeah, don't I mean, you feel like they're sorry? Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go don't ahead. you don't you feel like they're doing that so on purpose? Obviously, because oh, they yeah. don't really they don't really want to give anything away. And oh yeah, hasn't there hasn't there been a rumor that? which I don't know how much I believe of this, but the rumor is that everything that we're seeing from the trailers is within the first 15 minutes of the movie. No, so we that, don't even know. A, oh, no, that's not I a rumor. Feige it. said that. No, Feige said that. I doubt he it. said all the footage you would see, um, you've seen in, in the trailers are like of the first 15 to, to 20 minutes. Like that's, that's all he's shown you so far. Um, Even so like, yeah, like suits in the first, yeah. Like I don't, I I feel like maybe he said that before this trailer. I don't feel like he's no, quantum think, suits from the first fifteen minutes. I think what he was trying to allude to, but I think whoever interviewed him or whoever wrote the the quote um, didn't really expand upon it. I think what he was referencing was you've seen just the beginning, like the entire build up, the entire fight, like everything that you think is huge to this movie, we're not showing you. Like, you've only seen yeah. a table set in the trailer. Um, I don't think he yeah. literally means 
the first exact 15 minutes is exactly what you've seen in these three trailers. I think what he was trying to say is it's literally the beginning of the arc that you'll see yeah. through these three trailers. Gotcha. Um, sure. Mainly because if the movie is three hours, I doubt we just saw the first 15 minutes. <laughs> I, just, I, right. I don't think so. Um, but to your point, Tia, of them doing it on purpose, I don't need, because that's the same thing Joel asked me. I need, I wanted this trailer to be like the second trailer for Civil War to where you saw them getting ready to battle, but not the exact battle. That was it. You saw the sides line up, and then you saw them kind of charge uh, towards each other, but that was it. So they saved Ant-Man growing really big. They saved the Spider-Man taking them down. Like, they saved a lot. Um, to me, what you don't have to build me on is story, and that's all you did in these three trailers. I, I, I get the story. It's everything coming to an end. That you don't need to keep selling me on. I want to see uh, cool scenes like uh, Iron Man, excuse me, maybe suiting up or Stark walking back into the, the Iron Man vault with all his, all his suits. Like, I want to see cool imagery like that. I don't need, like, you showing me, like, the, all the Avengers lining up against Thanos. No, I, I don't need that. I don't need necessarily, necessarily like, huge plot points. Just something action-y that I can kind of go, all right, yeah, let's well, go. Well, but they did show, they did show like, Gamora um, and uh, who else was I can't remember who else, but, like, uh, they did show, like, her, you know, with her two um, swords or whatever, like, charging – uh, with the with the background, uh, yeah, yes, Nebula, damn it, thank you. Um, <laughs> right, I did it. Nebula, yeah, I mean we're we're so guilty at this point. Uh, Nebula, <laughs> and then and then um, there was a, the, I can't remember, but there was a couple other characters in that in that same sort of background um, that they showed fighting. Um, it didn't like it didn't necessarily have the setup that um, the the you know uh, Civil War did, but like. To to have that set up, you have to have that scene, and maybe they just don't have that particular scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is fair, which is totally fair. Um, I want to point out two more things that we can head into our our main topics. One, the scene you were referencing, Tia, of Black Widow and um, uh, Clint. I loved it because it was reminiscent of when they had the conversation on the helicarrier in the first Avengers where she was telling yeah. them, like, this is nothing we've ever seen before. Like, this is this is out of what we're used to. Um, so they were kind of having that heartfelt moment at, at that time. Um, so that's what made me kind of get, like, a little emotional because I'm like, man, one of these two are going to die. And it's, like, going to oh, be really and sad. Him, and him teaching ahead, his Nick. daughter how to shoot a bow? And, like, yes. and Listen, like conceivably uh, she like gets said. vaped right in front of his fucking eyes like you that's, know that that's she, totally what i'm expecting and you know like, that she uh, got snapped oh yeah what exactly and like like if she gets snapped like right after he gives her that high five like oh my fucking god um and like uh like another thing like cuz you know they get that high five and kind of hold hands or whatever um the the also the notion that um the the shot of uh he and uh black widow holding hands it's like the first hand that he's hold since his daughter's when she was snapped uh, like that notion to me is so fucking like oh it rips my soul in two dude like i i, I fucking i think if there is a 
quote unquote most underrated character in the MCU, I think it probably is Clint Barton. Um, and I really hope he um, plays a big part in this movie. Because everybody said, like, oh my God, he plays such a big part in Age of Ultron. And, like, he, he had some, like, very memorable scenes in that movie, but, like, like, not to the point where I was like, yeah, like, fucking Clint, man. Um, he's, and, he's the only know. character, he's the only character from the original six, I, I think it is, the original six, um, that hasn't had a moment. Uh, like, Black Widow, right. you can well, say no, it's had no, a no, handful no, no. of moments. He had a moment. Well, uh, it was okay. his moment. He had he had several moments in Age of Ultron. He had the moment with um with Scarlet Witch where you know he was like, "Look, like I know none of this makes sense." I, oh no no no! Fucking no. shooting Not arrows. Not emotional moment. And, Not emotional moment. I mean like one of those action sequences. Oh, like where you go, Yeah, that's that yeah, that character. I mean, and I think I guess you making him Ronin sets that up. He kind sure. of had in the, the first Avengers when he shot right, the arrow, he shot the at, arrow Loki. at Loki and exploded in his face. Um, yeah, he also had that kind of kind of moment where he shot the arrow with Ant Man attached to it in Civil War. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I like, I and I would say he kind of had somewhat of a moment in Age of Ultron. Um, though I think it was more um, uh, uh, Peter's moment. Um, where he saves the kid, um, and and Peter, you know, you didn't see that one coming. I bet you didn't see that one coming. Um, but like he's had like several small moments, but he's never had like a big moment. Um, no. So I, I I could see where you're coming from there, Jawan. You making him Ronin lets me know that that's what you're that's what you're gonna give us is his really big moment. I would like um, I would definitely like a a, a scene where he just like fucking goes balls to the wall and fuck shit up. Like, the closest that we got to that is when he was brainwashed by um, Loki and, and fought uh, Black Widow. Um, but that was yeah. her moment because he was the brainwashed antagonist at that point, um, and she kicked his ass. So, like, I, I would definitely like um, to have, like, a moment of him just, like, in, in that sort of regard where he just, like, like does some really fucking cool shit. Yeah, you guys are I, I gonna like. Say... Go ahead. You guys are gonna like hate me for this, but he's really not my favorite character. I thought those twenty minutes that we had, based, like for his family in Age of Ultron, were so freaking unnecessary, and like is yeah, one of the reasons you're... why I fi- is one of the reasons why I find Age of Ultron like almost unwatchable. I'm like, oh my god, and it's only because he got it because he complained that he had like five minutes in the first Avengers. I'm sorry, that's Again, my piece on it. <laughs> if you if you if you hate that part of that movie and I'm not saying they're they're mutually exclusive or whatever, but like I feel like that's the same thing with Captain Marvel. If you hate the fucking for the people who hate like her scenes um with uh the Rambo family. Like I like those. They're they're humanizing moments. Um, oh, no, I, actually, I like that moment in Captain Marvel, but that's because I like Captain Marvel. But I feel like it's the same thing. I feel like it, I really do. Like, I feel like it's the same thing. It's a very humanizing moment. Um, there's a little comedic relief involved with, like, you know, Tony and Cap chopping wood. Don't steal from my pile. Um, you know, like, 
I don't know. I like all like that's not my problem with with Age of Ultron. Like I've got a few, but like um, that like that whole um, um, bit of scenes I thought was fine. I thought it was very well delivered. Well, I, I'll say this: I the, the sequence of it was important because it meant more. It meant more to the storytelling than just like oh Clint's meeting back up with his family. But the moment right. of Clint with his family, I could have done without. But the purpose of sure. it, I get. I get it. Yeah. Um. So if that's what you were saying, Thea, um, you know, I understand that aspect. But yeah, I, mean, if I don't we're know. Talking I things, feel like a lot. I feel like a lot happens in in those twenty minutes of film time that y'all are not giving enough credence to but <laughs> no no I, no i said i said everything else around just the moments when clint was with his family yeah, but that's, I what, that's what i'm saying like he with his family is not like that, that that's a side note to what's actually going on i mean right fucking i know fury, I agree with you. fury showing up and so that's what i'm saying like yeah that, that, like it that all of the the time that that takes is not Clint and his family, it's a side note, and all of the mm-hmm. things that are the, you know, what's really going on in that piece are are really fucking, like, um, great scenes, like, between Cap and whether it be, like, the whole scene where, where they're chopping wood and it's Cap and, 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 and Stark, and that sets up what goes into Civil War, and then Cap, you know, goes into the shed and meets up with Nick Fury. That sets up a lot of things going forward. Like, so much that happens in all of those scenes um, that I think are just underrated. I don't disagree. I'm just saying you didn't build Clint up well enough for me to care about him, his interaction with his family. But everything else around that, I get. But, but that's if, my point. You're supposed to care about him because of that. Um, and I'm saying you're, you're I like, wasn't – they, to me, didn't do a good enough job selling that. Like, it was just I weird. I disagree. It was weird. Uh, I, I couldn't buy uh, into it. It was just like, you spent the whole first movie making him like a bad guy, and then it was just like, all right, now he, he had very little scenes in the beginning when the Avengers were taking out everybody. Because um, obviously, again, like, they're just, super That's what I'm saying. I feel arrow. like he's slept on. I feel like he's a very underrated character. And obviously, and I both agree, you and Dia are proving you right. <laughs> yeah, how can you I agree think, with me? You just shut on him. No, I'm saying I think his character was poorly was poorly executed, and I think you making him Ronan now is beautiful. That's that's great. That means you are giving me layers of this character because when he I'm turned sorry, into Ronan, couldn't make him. But you couldn't I didn't make mean him to Ronin, create this. <laughs> but you couldn't make him Ronan without showcasing his family and like what that means to him. So like now because his daughter could have disappeared the same way and I would have felt that like that's still super sad like no <laughs> you could have only been the same that because one. you wouldn't have had the setup you just talked about how like the, the fucking the, the setup wasn't there for you to care about him and his family and now you're saying that if they hadn't showed him and his family you you would care the same about his daughter disappearing like it, it, you're contradicting yourself damn it. No, Nick, it's the same thing as if I watch the news and it says someone's kid was kidnapped. I don't know that family, but I still feel super sad. I, I don't have to know them to feel that empathy. So if he's holding his daughter and then she disappears, like, I still feel that empathy. Like, it's like, oh, man, that, that sucks. Like, that's crazy. 
I didn't need you to set up his family before for me to feel that. It still sucks. I think you died. <laughs> I think you needed. I think you needed to set up his family to actually a know they exist because, I mean, let's let's I be honest. To do that, dude. But let's be honest here. Um, these uh, like it's not like Avengers uh, Infinity War did any amount of setup throughout the whole movie, um, except for Thanos, because. Um, Let's be honest, Thanos was the main character. Um, but like like any of the other stuff, th- there was no setup to it because everything had already been set up, so they were able to just play with that. You wouldn't be able to do the same thing. Like if you just had some random girl and like – and he was just like, hey, hey, daughter, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like dude, the juxtaposition and the dialogue it would be so much more strained and so much more difficult to write. Um, I think – I don't know. I think you're underestimating – what that whole sequence means to his character and what it would mean to writing what you're going to write for him um, in, in, uh, in game. We'll see. Cause if the only person that they showed disappear is his daughter, then everything you're saying just is null and void. Cause you only saw his daughter for one second. Doesn't he have a baby as well though, that they set up in Age yeah. of Ultron? Yeah. So, I yes, mean, hers is, if that kid disappears too, I mean that's also equally a sad. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> I thought I did. Um, but all right. Let's move on. Look we got what you some, did, Tia. <laughs> we got some, I'm um, sorry. I was like, shit. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. It's all good. I love when we when we all get our opinions and our thoughts out because like. Oh, now no, I great. know Nick has a higher appreciation for Hawkeye than I thought he did. So I, I appreciate that. I, I, I learned something about Hawkeye. Him. I love Jer- um, Jeremy Renner in general. So No, great actor. Great actor. And I'm <laughs> glad he gets he gets more meat to the bones with Ronan. But uh let's let's move Indeed. on. We got the breaking yes, news of James Gunn um after he directs Suicide Squad two. So this is not in excuse me, in place of it. After he finishes Suicide Squad 2, we'll come back to Marvel to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Now, to everyone who keeps saying he leveraged DC to get that job, no, usually leveraging means like, hey, job, I got this better offer. Like, I'll leave and go to him if you don't pay me more money. Then the job goes, okay, I'll pay you more money. It's not like you worked at the other job and you stayed at this job. Like, no, that's not how leveraging works. Uh, so, no, he didn't leverage it, according to Feige, which, again, could just be him saying things just to say it. It doesn't mean it was the truth. But the report is they never actually looked for a replacement for James Gunn. Um, it seemingly looks like they were looking for things to die down and then bring him back. Um, whether that's true or not, we will never know. But you, Disney, not Feige, Disney fired him for a reason. Um, so... Again, it's kind of hard for me to believe you fired him and then never thought about, you know, replacing him. It was always going to be him. And you just don't fire him. You just don't let Guardians of the Galaxy 3 come out anytime soon. And you allow him, you allow it all to die down. Confusing. But I'm glad it happened because we now have him doing both Suicide Squad 2, which is reportedly being a complete reboot, which is somewhat new news. Um and then you have the idea of him coming back for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. T, I'm going to start with you on this one. Excuse me. Your thoughts on 
not only is James Gunn finishing Suicide Squad 2, which I assume is probably going to start shooting um, towards the end of this year, um, but he's also back to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I'm so excited that James Gunn is back for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I, To me, it's like not just the fact that we may not have gotten a Guardians of the Galaxy 3, uh, it, it, to me, it just has such a black cloud on the MCU because prior to that, I mean, everyone from at least what it seems like to the fans, everyone gets along. It's so fun. It's like this big, you know, family, this big world that they have, you know, built. And then suddenly James Gunn gets, uh, you know, fired. There's controversy. The cast isn't happy, you got Dave Batista threatening to leave, you have then suddenly people, and this is the thing that killed me, you all know that you all love the Guardians of the Galaxy, that when they first showed the first Avengers trailer, and you saw them show up at the end of that first trailer, you were excited, but then suddenly this James Gunn thing happens, and I saw all these people on Twitter like, well, screw that, I hated Guardians of the Galaxy, no one wanted them anyway, you know, blah, 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 and it's like, it just created this, like, rift between everything that was so unnecessary, so as soon as he came back, I was like, yes, thank God, I was like, finally, he is here, and I am happy to hear that he is going to still be doing Suicide Squad 2, which, like, good for him, man, like, he is making bank, um, but, and this may be a little bit of an unpopular opinion. Uh, if, and don't, like, all right, I'm just going to come out and say it. I feel like he should do Guardians 3 first. Only because we were supposed to have it soon. To me, if he was keeping all of the original cast for Suicide Squad 2 as, like, were in the first Suicide Squad, then fine. It'd be like, okay, you know what? They've waited long enough. The last one came out in 2016. But considering he's completely, like, revamping it and, like, bringing in all these new people, it's like, you know what? They can wait. Us Marvel fans, you know, have should have gotten another Guardians movie. We all think that thought at some point we were never going to get another Guardians movie because this is it, this is the end. You know, the cast is all pissed off and da-da-da-da. So to me, it, I almost feel like he should just do Guardians 3 first, but I understand contractually he probably can't do that now that he's hooked up with Suicide Squad. They probably want a faster timeline. So I do get that. And still, like, extremely happy that he's just because, as you guys know, I liked the first uh, Suicide Squad. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just happy. I love James Gunn. I'm just really happy about this. Yeah, I wouldn't even say necessarily, well, obviously, yes, uh, contractually, but more in the sense of um, this was an agreement between James and Warner Brothers to fast track this movie. Um, so, I mean, you could maybe argue that James Gunn was, had knowledge that, uh, Disney might bring him back. Um, and that's why he's fast tracking Suicide Squad too. But right when you heard that, you know, it wasn't too long after we heard that James Gunn was going to be doing Suicide Squad too, that it then became, all right, we're going to start filming like this year. And it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on. What? <laughs> like, hold on a second. So, uh, James Gunn came in and kind of shook the tree. Uh, with Suicide Squad 2, first with the report of it being a, a reboot, then the idea of 
Will not um, not coming back because it was, uh, you know, uh, he had conflict of, of schedule. Um, the idea of Joel Kinnaman not coming back, Viola Davis might not come back. So once all that started to come out, the last thing you could do is say, all right, well, put this on hold. I'm going to go do Guardians, then I'll come back. He was like, right, you already started too much, man. Like, if this was just in the talking phase, I think you could probably get away with it. Um, like you were saying, like, this is what we want to do, but we probably won't start shooting until maybe end of next year, year after. But the fact that they're fast-tracking it as much as they are, that means Warner Brothers and James Gunn had a conversation of, we want to do this now. Like, we're not looking to wait right now. Um, so I am curious on whose idea it was to fast-track it, because if it was James, I'm going to assume he kind of felt like he was coming back to do Guardian. And if it was Warner Brothers, they're just trying to um, – catch lightning in the bottle with James um, and just add more good faith to, uh, to their DC universe. But um, Nick, your thoughts on the breaking news of James Gunn coming back to do guardians three and still doing suicide squad too. Yeah, man. I, I kind of feel the same way you do. Um, I think that this has always been in the mix. I think Disney was essentially like, dude, we're going to quote unquote fire you, but, just we'll wait and see and then see how all of this plays out and if things die down and we can bring you back we will and things did die down and they brought him back and it doesn't seem like there's been any amount of pushback to them bringing him back um so you know i mean i i, I think it i think it's smart from disney's uh perspective you know they they want to maintain a, a particular image um, and, and, you know, quote unquote, standing beside your guy, even though it's more the, um, principal thing to do, um, it's not the best, it doesn't, you know, put yourself in the best light as far as image. Um, whereas firing the guy and then, you know, just waiting some time for everything to blow over and then bringing him back, um, is, is, you know, it it, does, it doesn't hurt your image as much in in the short term. So, like, I get it. I think it makes sense. Um, like, I, I, if it was me, I would have just stood by him the whole time because um, that's just how I am. Um, but I, I, I get it from a business perspective of you know we'll you know fire you now publicly and then we'll bring you back. Um, if it makes sense for us at the time. And, you know, I mean, I think he knew that was always in the cards. And I think, uh, you know, he probably knew that was still in the cards with Warner Brothers and, and talked to them about it. And, and that's I, I think you're fucking on the money, Juwan. That's why they're fast-tracking this movie, because they want to do this movie before he goes back and does, you know, Guardians 3. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense because, you know, if you're Warner Brothers, you don't want him to go back and do Guardians 3 and then at that point in time be like, all right, hey, come come do Suicide Squad 2. And he's like, ah, oh, but I got, I, I got this offer that I don't want to pass up on, so maybe I'll do your movie next. And it's like, fuck, man. So, like, yeah, I mean, it makes, it makes total sense to me, um, you know everything that played out it's all politics um it's all you know trying to make yourself not look bad 
Um, and you know, it's it. I get it. Like you know, the the tweets that he sent out, they're really fucking in bad taste. They're obviously in jest, um, but they're still in bad taste. Like there's there's certain things that you just shouldn't joke about, and pedophilia mm-hmm. is obviously one of them. Um, at least like at the very least, like publicly, like it's one thing if you like like share like a fucking joke with a friend of yours about anything like a in that realm um but like it's a whole nother thing if you fucking share that kind of humor quote-unquote humor um uh publicly uh and it's just not smart i don't think he would do anything like that today i think um the quote-unquote um climate uh that we live in today, um, that the sort of heightened climate of, um, uh, awareness and, um, you know, essentially, uh, I guess like social justice, uh, climate, if you will, um, you know, precludes you from posting anything like that. I don't think, Disney has to worry about him posting anything like that in the future. Um, so it's not it's not in the sense of you're bringing somebody back who you have to worry about, um, you know, and like down the line. Um, so, you know, in that sense, it makes total sense uh, to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I never thought that they should have fired him. I thought he should have come out and made a, a statement, and he did. Um, essentially saying that, you know, he was wrong for posting those things um, and that, you know, they do not reflect, um, you know, his opinions or his thoughts. And he's he's been an active champion of um, several political movements, including the Me Too movement. Um, uh, and, you know, I think that also helps as far as his credentials, as far as Disney bringing him back. Um, it, it, it helps shield him, um, from people like really going after him. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it just, it, it makes sense to me. It just, it's, it's logical. All of it is logical to me, um, is, is basically what I take away from it. Can I comment yeah, I just, on, it's really, go ahead, sorry. Sir. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. First of all, and like James Gunn was extremely smart in this whole, like, time because he didn't post that all on social media and he was relatively active on Twitter like all the time um, and oh, very yeah. very and uh, he's one of the yeah, few directors who's like active on Facebook and he was very outspoken against you know conservative views right wing yada yada mm-hmm. um, but which is if the I, people who came after him and right. looked up all his old tweets yeah the thing about his old tweets, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but it's always something that, like, I thought on the back of my head. At those, at this point, those tweets are, like, 11 years old. So I'm thinking about myself, right? right? I'm, I'm 29. 11 years ago, I was 18, uh, and I was in high school, and that was the MySpace uh, error. And I'm sorry, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but shock culture was big. It's the reason why Marilyn Manson was really huge. You know, we had people right. like, I'm not saying that shit is right at all, but you know, people are making like those stupid dead baby jokes and shit like that, which always bothered Product me. Like, of the time. Right. So at the time, like being shocking was like what was quote unquote funny. 
Now, again, I don't think that that's right, and I think that he knows that because we none of us are who we were 10, 11 years ago, and I right. think that, you know, well, at the time... And none of us are trying... None of us are trying to be um, – uh, what am I looking for here? Um, none of us are trying to fit into a particular realm of like what we think culture is. Like I, you know, when, you're in your, when you're 10 years younger, you're trying to find your way and fit into whatever you think the cultural norm is. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for a guy like James Gunn, being 10 years removed from that, he just is who he is now. And I think if you look at anything that he said publicly over the last, like, three or four years is much more definitive of who he is and what he thinks than the shit he was posting, you know, 12 years ago. Right. Absolutely. That, and so that's what I just wanted to, like, comment on really quickly. And so, yeah, I, I thought – the whole thing was ridiculous, heartbroken that when he got fired, I was like, that's the most shocking thing I feel like could happen. But I'm glad that he's back. Uh, I saw this tweet by his brother, Sean Gunn, not tweet, Instagram post. And I was like, you know, Sean Gunn must be really happy too. He must be really happy that his brother is kind of like, you know, back on track and not, you know, quote unquote, like ostracized from film anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. And Disney, you're not slick. Uh, at all. I want to make sure this is known. You're not slick by putting out this press release right around when Warner Brothers was starting to actually green light the the date for when they wanted to start shooting. Uh, Very smart play for you, uh, Disney, but um, just wanted to point out you're not slick. I I, I see you. Um, But all right, let's let's, let's move on. Um, Matt Reeves' Batman rumored to begin filming by the end of the year. Also, um, there is a rumor that Matt Reeves wants a bat suit and symbol that's very comic accurate, more faithful than any previous adaptation, as well as a possi- as well as possibly using the white eye. It's described to to um, this is coming from Omega Underground. It's described to me as something similar to the tell tell. I can't pronounce the the Telltale game. The uh, the games are interactive. Uh, our audience knows what the games are, but the, the names for these games are so stupid. Uh, but this is a direct report from Omega Underground. This sounds all fun and, and good, but I don't want to hear anything from Matt Reeves that isn't around this is who my, my Batman is going to be. I, I'm, I'm really growing tired of hearing him say, yeah, I want to do this investigative Batman. Yeah, I'm going to bring in his road gallery. Dude, I want to know who's playing Batman. Then all of this that you're giving me is a lot easier to intake. But when you keep telling me, oh, this is what the house is going to look like, and then I come to the house and you don't have anything there, I'm like, all right, well, do, you're just going to keep planning for, for years or is something actually going to manifest here? So it's like, tell me who Batman is, begin casting. Then once I know who my Bruce Wayne is, all of this will feel a lot better. But this on the outside means nothing. But, Nick, I'm going to start with you. Excuse me. Um, what are your thoughts on the idea of Batman uh, possibly filming towards the end of this year or starting to film towards the end of this year? And then the mm-hmm. description of what he was looking for, of what Reeves was looking for in a bat suit. Well, I think as far as the description, like you, if you're the next guy who's making the next Batman and it's going to look different than the last one, you kind of constantly have to 
look at ways that you can, quote unquote, make things more comic accurate. Um, we saw Snyder do it um, uh, with the with the suit, um, with uh, the the design of it and everything. Um, with the the voice box, I thought it was a great idea. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I could see that making you know giving it like the Deadpool eyes thing. Um, that that makes sense to me. That's another way you could do things. Um, I don't necessarily need that, um, but I'm not against it. I think I think it could look really cool. Um, and you know, it would make sense as far as further protecting one's identity. Um, so in that sense, it you know it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I'm kind of on board with you. Like all of this like extra news. Um, like this is all secondary to what we really want to know, which is who's going to be Batman. Um, but as far as the, them shooting at the end of the year, um, that gets me hyped because that means we're going to know who's going to be Batman very soon. Um, if they're going to shoot at the end of the year, then we, we have to know, who, you know, they have to know who is going to be their Batman, which means we get to know. Um, who's going to be their Batman? Um, so you know, it 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 puts a deadline, um, in my opinion, no later than I would say June, July, um, to where we get confirmation on who is going to be portraying this character. Um, so in that sense, that's the thing that has me most excited. Um, if they're putting a timeline on when they're going to start shooting, that means they're putting a arbitrary timeline on when uh we will know who is going to be Batman. Uh because yeah, that's the most important thing. Um so I'm excited that, you know, hopefully we're going to get that uh in the next couple months cuz it's it's huge. Like that that makes or breaks your movie. Um and you know, if you're telling me you have Army Hammer or even Robert Pattinson, I would, I actually would really like. I think it would actually be a really cool choice. Um, you know that that gets me really hyped. Um, if you pick, you know, um, Jack O'Connell, or you know, there's a couple other people out there who have been listed that have just been like, yeah, it gets me a lot less hyped. Um, so yeah, so I I, I think that's what I'm really geeked for at this point, and I feel like. The fact that that's where the, the, their target date for shooting um, dictates that we're going to get uh, that announcement very soon. I'd say it should be sooner than than what you're estimating, mainly because whoever you get has to get into, uh, depending on what size you want your Batman to be, because we've seen his right. body fluctuate throughout the years, he has to get in shape for it. So, like, you can't wait yeah, too I'm, long. And I, well, then, I w- I wasn't speaking so much on them coming to an agreement as far as more more of the announcement. You know what I mean? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, but we'll we'll we know how Warner Brothers works, so we'll hear something right around when they're actually signing the guy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. we won't have to wait for the official announcement. Well, well, um, I, I'll ahead. say this: we'll hear seventeen different reports on there being like <laughs> seven different people who are confirmed. You know? Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> A thousand percent. But I will say to the one point you made about the eyes, the eyes to me I've never really been that big on because Batman often doesn't really get that close enough to people to, like, see his eyes. 
And if you do, he's usually knocking you unconscious. But the biggest thing that I enjoy about the white eyes, like from Batman, the animated series, is the idea of seeing a shot of it being like pitch black. Um, and then there's like a street light or there's like lightning that hits. And all you see yeah. is the white eyes lighting up. Like that's yeah. the visual I see. And that's what gets me excited about the and white eyes. And if you're doing like, and if you're doing it like a detective story, uh, that could work really well. Yeah, because picture this. Someone walks in their apartment, there's nothing, then you turn around. I, then, like, you know, it shows the, the person kind of, like, putting the keys down, and you see in the background just the white eyes lighting up. You're like, yo, that's Batman. Right. Like, that's Batman right there. And so then, the visual oh, of it and, then special. and then they turn on the lights, and then it's gone. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So that, to me, uh, is what makes the white eyes special. So, but again, yeah. it's what you, you can do with me, them. Yeah. Right. You giving me all these details, and then you have a bad casting, it then makes me think, like, I'm not going to like any of this stuff you're giving me. So that's why the casting should come first, then the details right. around it. Um, sure. But, so yeah, I'm going to pass it over to you. Excuse me. Your thoughts on the possibility of uh, this movie filming towards the end of this year, um, which is convenient, because the Suicide Squad 2 stays on par, Flash seemingly stays on par, and Batman that's going to be a crazy year for if, if Warner Brothers is smart, they would find a way to try to put all three of those out um, around the same time. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't separate it by years. Like, if you want to just do two of them, fine, and then the other one the year after. But I'd try to keep that as close together as possible and have a blockbuster year. Um, but what are your thoughts on the descriptions of Reeves' uh, idea for a Batman look? Um, and then the idea that it could possibly start filming this year. I'm going to add something to your guys' like whole like uh, white eyes thing is they did also the theme song to Batman the Animated Series, which would just be so cool. But uh, I- I'm kind of in agreement with you guys that I just need them to cast him first. I'm not overly excited until I really can have like a picture of who the person is um, but mm-hmm. considering that they want to film towards the end of this year then hopefully we're getting it soon uh, so yeah I, I guess that's all I, you guys summed it up perfectly I think that I don't really have anything much else to add other than I'm just really interested in seeing who the hell he cast I think it would be really interesting if the person cast isn't anyone that's been on the radar yet or even the list. I mean, with the whole Army Hammer thing, uh, pseudo confirming that he's not going to be Batman, it would be really interesting if they just get someone completely random that, like, no one has speculated yet. Yeah, I, I will say to the to the point of that, <laughs> Joel says this all the time, and it's something that fanboys do need to fully understand Anytime an actor tells you that they're not portraying a character, I just want, like, everyone to know, they legally cannot tell you that they are playing a character before the ink dries or before they are given permission to tell you that they are playing the character. So don't be shocked if before a movie starts filming, someone goes, oh, they were talking about me being Batman? Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I haven't spoken to anyone. Like, and then, like, when they actually do become the character, you're like, what? He said he was... No, that, that's just how contracts work. So, like, there shouldn't be any shock. And, and again, it could work in the other way to where they're telling you that and they're really not that character. But regardless, they can't tell you, uh, <laughs> regardless, 
well before filming starts that there's a character. It would come from Warner Brothers first, and then you would usually see it come from the actor. Um, so that's not shocking that Army said he's not Batman because it doesn't seem like they've casted a Batman. So that that holds up. I'm, um, but right, I'm so glad you something. said regardless and not irregardless. Thank you. Oh, no, no problem. You know, I got some kind of intelligence, <laughs> Nick. Uh, but all right, let's move on to the other topic that I think is the biggest topic of the day. And that is Ezra Miller is set to write the script for The Flash alongside Grant Morrison, which is huge. Miller is said to want a darker version of the film, and his vision clashes with the current directors. Um, the updated – oh, no, I don't need to say that part. Okay. Um, it was also being reported by THR – uh, that this is being described as the last effort by Miller to stay on as the uh, as the character. Also, the film is rumored to begin production, not filming, production, the end of this year. Um, this is huge mainly because if the Ezra domino falls, it then becomes really dicey with Henry. Um, because if I'm Henry, I'm kind of seeing that Ezra, and I, so yeah, we, we discussed this um, Friday night, DC's universe outside of Superman is not a bright and happy one. So when you're telling me the writer, the directors um, were coming in and the script that they wanted was more kind of lighthearted, was more kind of free-flowing and fun, I think of the exact thing I started to hate that the CW was doing with The Flash. You were making this character something that was way like lighter than the character actually is. Again, The Flash is not Batman. So it's not like he's dark all the time. He is the pillar of hope, the pillar of fun that the team usually relies on. But let's not forget, the Flash's mom was murdered right in front of him at a very young age. And then his dad had to go to prison um, because he was framed for it. So it's like that's not usually a a, a childhood that breeds happiness. So I do want to see elements of it being a darker feel especially if you go on the route of reverse flash. I don't need a happy, jokey kind of movie with that. I would like something a little more serious. But it speaks to the idea of if the report is true and Ezra is telling them, like, you know, allow me to write the script with Grant, and if you guys say no, my contract is up at the end of this year, I'm going to walk. It reminds me in in a weird way of the episode of The Office where uh, Michael Scott's like, listen, let me make – uh, our own commercial, and, like, if you don't like it, we'll go with your idea, um, and, you know, I'll pay for it. And then they hated his idea <laughs> with their own idea. I see Warner Brothers doing this. I see them Michael Scotting Ezra Miller. I see them looking at the script and going, Aquaman had a taste of dark but was lighthearted. Wonder Woman had a taste of dark but somewhat was, like, uplifting and lighthearted. I'm not about to let you go dark. <laughs> so... If if this that he and Grant Morrison are are working on is not green, uh, they don't give the green light to it, it's the end of Ezra, which is really unfortunate because I was really hoping we could see someone improve that very horrible run that Zach uh, greenlit in the the Justice League movie. But who knows? Um, Nick, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on – oh, and by the way, really quickly, Nick, I want to – emphasize when they say his vision clashes with the current directors, it's not necessarily an issue of he hates the directors. uh, He hates everything about, no, it's just more so tone. Like he wants different tones. It seems like the directors, um, Nick, were looking to go more of 
the rogues gallery, and he's looking to want to go more so reverse flash, is what it seems like. Because if you're saying you want to go from light to dark, that's what the story arts seem like they're they're going from. Um, but what are your thoughts on the news of uh, this Flash movie with the idea of production to possibly begin this year? Um, Miller's contract being up at the end of this year so he could walk if they don't agree on the script. And then the idea that he's writing a script with Grant Morrison. Well, there's a lot of things to unpack here. Um, a lot. But <laughs> number one, great analogy, because uh, that office analogy was fucking spot on. That's great. Um, Thank you. As a person who loves the office, I just I love that. Uh, but no, as far as the uh, as far as him wanting to have a particular story, I think they should grant him that. Um, I think, like you know, we talked about this a lot, you know, um, Juwan, and we both agree. If you're portraying a character. Um, you should have some say in um, where that character goes and what that character does. Um, now, that's not to say that, like, if you, you know, sign on to play a character in a movie that's already written, that you should be able to change a bunch of things. That's not the same thing. But if you sign on to play a character for multiple films um, and, you know, you play it for a couple and they're like, okay, where do we go from here? You maybe should have some say in your character. We've talked about that a lot with uh, Henry Cavill and Superman. Um, so I don't mind that. Uh, I I do worry about, like, the, the... And I don't worry about it too much because they throw the term dark around a lot when it comes to the DCEU. And, you know, I think it, it, it doesn't hold a lot of value or weight as far as what they're really talking about. I think... For me, um, you know, if he wants it to be, quote unquote, more serious, which is to me what they mean by dark, um, which I like, I feel like that's such a stupid fucking word to use for serious. Um, like he doesn't want it to be comedy driven. He wants it to be, quote unquote, the Winter Soldier. Um, and like, if that's the tone you're going for. Like, yes, I could totally see that working, um, and I totally understand why he would want the movie to be that way as opposed to, say, Ant-Man. Um, I get it. I understand, or Aquaman, or, um, you know, he wants – as far as the DCEU, he wants it to trend more towards Wonder Woman than Aquaman. Um, and they're like, yeah, but Aquaman made so much money. Like, we want to do this. It's like, dude, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't, that's not what we talked about prior. Um, like, I don't, no, I don't want that. Um, and so I get it. I get where he's coming from. If they can't come to an agreement, if the script that he and Morrison write um, together doesn't, you know, lend itself to what they're trying to do, um, then we're going to get a new flash. And I'm cool with that. That's fine. Um, but I really fucking love Ezra Miller as Flash. I think um, his comedic timing will serve itself no matter what the um, backdrop of the movie is. I think it, it, it could be like a serious movie and still have 
very sort of comedic undertones. I don't think you have to make a a movie that's um, like Aquaman for it to be successful. Um, I think you can make a movie that is maybe more kind of uh, in line with the tone of of, uh, Man of Steel, but because you have Ezra Miller's Flash, it has a lot of more, like a lot more comedic beats that are just natural uh, within the story, um, especially because Ezra Miller is just so funny. Um, so I get where he's coming from. I hope they figure it out because I really want him to stay on. Um, but if they don't, I don't blame Ezra for moving on because if it's not, you know, if it's not what he wants to do with the character, then there's no point in him staying on because, you know, if they're not going to do it now, they're they're probably not going to do it later either. And, you know, we've seen so many actors <clears throat> be upset with, you know, essentially what studio wanted to do with their characters that, I I can't take the studio side at this point, um, so I get it. I'll be disappointed, but it is what it is. I'm more curious on <clears throat> the uh, the feeling of the directors. I mean, Nick, this is the equivalent of, um, you know, I, I'll put it in basketball terms. We know Magic Johnson, you know, wanted LeBron here, but um, Jeannie is looking to, to win games, so take it. So she wasn't necessarily going to say no. But then when you hear Jeannie behind the scenes without really talking to Magic was thinking about trading LeBron, you kind of feel some way if if you're Magic. you kind of like, isn't that like a conversation me and you have, like, you know, <laughs> before you start talking to other people about it? So I kind of feel like I don't believe any of that, but go ahead. No, fair enough. Very fair enough. Very fair enough. Um, but if, if I'm the directors and I originally had an idea for a script or I had a script, and you as the actor are telling me you don't like it, and then you go to Warner Brothers and you're like, give me a chance to, like, make a better one. Um, me as the director, I don't know how, like, if that script is okayed, I don't know how I feel then shooting a movie <laughs> that um, I didn't want I didn't want to shoot. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just yeah, such very a weird true. situation. <clears throat> it's a weird situation. So, I mean, it takes great men, and the money must be amazing because I know – um, I would feel slighted, and it would be really hard for me to have a working relationship with that actor um, to make a movie I personally don't yeah. want to make and I didn't want to make. But, but I will say this. They've had, what, four directors now to try and do for this Flash? movie? No, yeah, they've had, they've had two. The, the two guys that are doing it now two? and the guy no, that's no, no, no. They've had before. at least three. They've had at no, least they've three. Had, They've had guys that they were that were rumored to want to do it. No, 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 not only... even rumored. They've had at least two people drop out. Oh, I thought it was only one other guy before. Okay, no, I, no, I can no. be completely wrong. Okay, okay, it's at least two. They've had two people drop out, which means that they've had at least three. Um, and so, like, if you're gauging your movie on your director. Um, so you're, you're dealing with a new face and everything else, a director, a director who came on after um, this you know, actor has already portrayed the character in another movie. Like I would 
side more towards the actor. I wouldn't be too concerned about upsetting the director. I mean, you already got, you've already gone through three. You might as well pick a fourth. Like, you know, no, like, no, no, no. Whatever. Let me say this. I completely understand what you're saying. I'm more speaking in the sense of it has to be awkward for the directors because you're not necessarily going to turn down the, the, uh, the chance to direct this movie, but it must be uncomfortable to direct a movie you don't want to, you know, uh, a tone of a movie or even the plot line of a movie you didn't want. Like, for, this isn't, this isn't the for same. For the guy as, they picked, yeah. Right. This isn't the same as, like, you were brought in to direct a movie that already had a script. This was a situation right. of it seems like these two directors had a script in mind or had a script that then Ezra was like, I don't like that. And then he went and was like, allow me and Grant Morrison to make a script that I feel is better suited for this movie. And if that's the case, the directors have to feel slighted in some sense. Um, Because no one likes to be told, like, your work sucks. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I feel you there. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, all right, Tia, I'm going to pass it over to you. It's a lot to break down, so let me sum it up <laughs> for you. Um, Ezra Miller um, was not happy with the original basis of the script um, that the two directors had uh, had come up with, so he's looking to recreate a script with Grant Morrison. Um, if it is not accepted by Warner Brothers, Ezra's uh, contract is up the end of this year, and he can walk away if he wants to. Um, And also, there was a rumor that production could start this year. Doesn't really seem like it, but your thoughts on all this news, Tia? I find it very strange that they keep saying production is going to, you know, happen at the end of this year when you don't even know if your actor is going to stay. And as Nick pointed out, they've had like a million directors. I feel like every single time I hear about The Flash, it's like another director dropped out, another director dropped out, another director dropped out. It's like, holy shit, like what is the problem with this Flash movie? But, and you guys are going to like be, you guys are going to ask yourselves, why do we keep inviting Tia onto these things? But uh, I really disliked Ezra Miller's performance as the Flash in Justice League, so it didn't make me excited at all for a solo film for him. So the idea that he may walk away from it isn't really heartbreaking to I me. I need a um, why. I'm huh? sorry, babe. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I need a why there. <laughs> like, come on. You uh, got to give me some kind of why. Especially since you ran Ben out of the door. Now you're trying to run Ezra out. So yeah, I yeah, need a why. To run. <laughs> yeah, come on now. You hated Ezra? I really disliked him. He he played his character the same way Jesse Eisenberg played Lex Luthor, the stuttering, like, you know. It's just, I really disliked it. And I wish Ryan was here on those shows because he would back me up. He played it just like, I don't know, it's like he's supposed to be really smart, but it's like he was this rambling type of, like, I I don't know. I, I just, I did not like his performance. It was way too much of the comedic relief for me. Go back back and watch Justice League. The way he ran even was so, like, are you kidding me? Not even Robert. You're criticizing the way he ran? 
I am criticizing the way he ran. I am criticizing the way he ran. I just liked it so much. I was like, who gave him this cue? This cue is awful. I feel like, like I feel like at that I feel like she hates him so much that like uh like it's like at that point you're like you hate so much about somebody. It's like when when you when you're like it's it's like when you have an ex and you're like thinking back on all the things you didn't like about him and you're like yeah, and she walked weird too. Like she had like a funny walk, and it's not. Most people don't walk. To be like fair, that. it's not cool. To be fair, Nick. To be fair, that slash run was disgusting. Like it was more skating yeah, than it was running. Yeah, and I get it. It was, it was a little weird. I get it. I'm just saying, like the the. the I don't know. I I like. Yeah, okay. I did. It's like when he's with Batman, he's like, I, I just, I just need friends. I just need friends. Like, oh, you know, and I, I do this, and, da, 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 and you know, pizza, and da, 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 and wow, I, cool. Well, I'll, I'll give like, you this. <laughs> I, I'll Sorry, give you this. I would, I no, I would say he's not, um, he's not your typical Barry Allen, um, by any means. Uh, so like as far as comic accuracy, I, I would totally understand that sort of, um, um. Uh, uh, approach, um, but as far as like a, a like a counterpart to all those other characters um, in that particular movie, I, I thought his character was fine. He was one of the better parts to me. One Maybe really quick thing, like him, yeah. or him and uh, Cyborg. I thought one really quick thing to you. Was good. I, I mm. think what we've learned from Justice League and the small sample that we saw of him in BVS is that that just proved, like, the only character he's really, really, really good at directing seems to have been Batman. Um, like, there was just, it seemed like he didn't really get Superman, really. He didn't really truly get, um, uh, uh, you know, um, Flash, uh, especially because you greenlit that run, and that run was nasty. Um, so I think, to me, if that first impression of Ezra from Justice League that we know had so many hands, uh, on it, if you weren't really blown away by it, I would say that should make you more curious about a solo where you could get a fresh take on on Flash, where he is the pure priority. Um, I do feel like you might have a personality alter, not change, but an altered personality. I oh. thought it was. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and and maybe that would be the case. I'm not completely saying that. Okay, so in Justice League, right? I did like mm-hmm. the scenes where he is speaking with his father in prison because I thought to myself, you know, we've already seen this in CW's The Flash. I don't need a repeat. But I did find those scenes actually very touching, especially at the end when he, like, you know, slapped the paper uh, onto this, uh, the glass to show his father and you had that very, like, heartwarming moment. That was fine. It's just the way they, like, he's like, oh, Pet cemetery, or even just, like, that really cheesy uh, scene where he lands on Wonder Woman, the space just happens to be like inner boobs or something. I'm like, oh, great, cool. Like one of these scenes, but um, they yeah, could, that's Joss Whedon totally, for you. <laughs> they could have totally, they could totally change my mind because um, just throwing it out there really quick. I currently like Doom Patrol on DC Universe is slowly becoming one of my favorite shows currently. But if you look at their 
series as a whole, the characters, and then watch their uh, episode on Titans. Like, their personalities are completely different. And so it's like you have the same actors, but you then, like, tuned up their personalities for their own separate show. So if they did that with Ezra Miller's Flash, where he was one way in Justice League, but with the right director and with Ezra maybe having a little bit more control and able to act the way he wants to act, fine. I'm not brushing it aside. I I am not sticking pins in a voodoo doll for Ezra Miller the way that I was for Ben Affleck, all right? So you guys can stop worrying about that. <laughs> well, I, I'm still nervous. Um, I, I don't trust <laughs> it. You got rid of Ben. So, I mean, it, it's, it's gloves are off now. So I don't, I don't know uh, where to go from uh, with that. Um, as, but I will say – well, as Joelle said, you you did it because you were stalking Ben. So don't you put all yeah. that blame on me. Well, yeah. first of you all, gotta, I don't. You, gotta, you need I to lay off Ben a little ben. bit. I don't so, stalk yeah. Ben. I definitely have a key to his apartment. So whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> I will say that um, the Flash's awkwardness um, I thought was a unique take. Um, he kind of seemed more like Impulse from Young Justice um, than he mm. did Barry. But I also never felt like was was a comic accurate Barry. I kind of felt like the elements that made Barry super smart, um, they kind of got away from because uh, he became super dependent on his team. He became super dependent on his wife, and it just became like, all right, wait, you guys do realize like Barry is super smart, right? Like he doesn't really need the counseling of everybody. Um, so I mean, it just it all depends like on acting and through time. Like Stephen Amell took a, a, a while for me to get used to him because I thought his acting was bad. Um, but as he progressed, I was just like, yeah, no, this, this guy is good for this role. Um, so I think if you give Ezra a chance to do his own movie, tweak his own personality, because, um, again, the same thing I always say with Jesse Eisenberg, you can only act for what you were given. Like, you act from a script. So his acting wasn't bad. The script for, for his character was bad. He could only act for what he was given. Um, so if you give them a fresh opportunity to do something under someone else's direction, you could be looking at a, a character um, that you're now like, you know what, I like it. I, I really do. Um, so Ezra Miller himself is a fantastic actor. So I by no means think acting is the issue. I think it was more so the direction. And um, it was obvious they were trying to make Barry – the Spider-Man of, of the Justice League, the young kid, the guy who's never really been through anything. This is all new to him. He's having fun, even in the face of danger. Um, so it was a different take from Barry than we're used to. Um, but I think that's what they were going for. I mean, remember, Tom Holland's Peter was, was the same way, except being goofy is exactly the Peter that we wanted instead of them taking a more serious approach to where it was like, that's not really how Spider-Man is. Spider-Man's more jokey. So, again, if you give Ezra time with this solo, if you don't like him after this solo, there's nothing he could do to you <laughs> for you to like this flash. <laughs> but, um, but at least I- I'll feel better knowing that you gave it another chance, and then afterwards, if you still don't like it, like I said, nothing none we could do. <laughs> I'm just glad that, like... I- I feel like like Tia hates DC movies more than I do. So like I'm not the like quote unquote DC hater anymore. Now it's Tia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Tia is the 
the breaker of casting. But go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, she hates Joanna, it all. Joanna's being like really lighthearted about this, but if this Flash movie actually is made, he's gonna come to my house and like force me to go to the movie theater. He's gonna be like, get off your ass and go to the movie. You will go. <laughs> Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, see, I'm going to tell you this now. I'll go out of my way to get screeners, so you don't even have to pay for it. But you're going to go see this movie. (laughs) Hundred percent. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Um, Doctor Strange director probably should have looked up his name and not just went Doctor Strange director. But anyway, um, (laughs) Doctor Strange director sees his possible name more apparent. Derrickson. Scott Derrickson. Thank you. Thank you. Um, He tweeted out a photo of Namor um, and then quickly deleted it, quite like how David Ayer tweeted a photo of Black Mask and then quickly deleted it. Um, This isn't really that shocking because Kevin Feige did say Namor was someone that they were going to explore. I just never would have thought Namor was a character you bring into, excuse me, a Doctor Strange movie, mainly because Yeah, I thought Black Panther. Exactly, and don't forget, Nick and, and Tia. They already said Nightmare and uh, Bear Mordo would be the the focuses in the sense of right. villain plots or even character plots. So it's like, sure, what? How would Nightmare or Bear Mordo, who are mystic beings, ever interact with the the underwater world? So that's what's really kind of is the confusion to me. Black Panther made mm-hmm. sense because I told you, Nick, you could go the same route. Excuse me of the sense of now that T'Challa has built a relationship with the UN, the United Nations, uh, and the rest of the world, um, they look for T'Challa to govern this underwater, uh, this underwater world that is ungoverned. Like they send him to go straighten out that guy, and then boom, turns out to be Namor. You get the epic fight of T'Challa versus Namor. But when you bring him into Doctor Strange, it, just, it seems really weird. Um, so Nick, I'll start with you. Is Namor someone you want to see pop up in a Doctor Strange movie? Yes. Um, despite all of the setup that you gave to the contrary, yes. Um, namely because um, they do have somewhat of a history together in the comics. Um, I think they can tap into um, some pretty good storylines to make it work. Um, I think, like, it, that's the thing. You're going to have to give me a story that really delivers it, um, but I think mm-hmm. it can. I think it can pull from the comics and, 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 and figure that out. Um, what I don't want to see is them try to tackle Nightmare, Namor, all in one story and still have, like, this, this lingering uh Mordo situation. Um, I, I I think you, you've got to kind of pick and choose. Um, and so if they have chosen to go with Namor, um, and you can have, you know, the Mordo thing be kind of a side plot to build towards the third part, um, and maybe he teams up with Nightmare or something, or maybe he's a big part of this one. Um, I just don't want to see too much in one movie. Um, but as long as they have that figured out, yeah, I mean, I would love to see, um, Namor be, um, the, uh, antagonist of this movie that could, you know, in the future be 
um, sort of part of the team, somewhat like Loki, but more in the sense of he makes more of a 180 where Loki kind of just pivoted like 70 degrees. Um, And uh, yeah, I think, I think that would make a lot of sense. I think it could work. Do you know what, if if he is in Dr. Strange, do you know what that sets up, Nick? Oh, well, it sets up a lot of things, but um, go ahead and tell me what you're thinking of. What is the one thing, you know, I am desperate to see that stems from the characters of Dr. Strange. The Illuminati. I want the Illuminati, Nick. And you bringing in Namor means we, if Stark lives, we only have to wait for the arrival of one character, and I will have the Illuminati, and that is Reed Richards. So, yes, for that fact alone, bring him in. (laughs) Bring him in the movie, (laughs) introduce him, so we have him, and we can start our Illuminati society with the right characters. Um, there it yeah, is. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's all about delivery. Like, just don't do too much. I mean, it's very easily right. you either go Nightmare and Mordo or you go Namor. Like, it, it's simple. Um, right. You can yep. have uh, Bear Mordo be what what um, starts the conflict between Namor and, and Doctor Strange. I'm fine with that. I'm completely sure. fine with that. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's, a, there's a ton of ways you can work it out. But, like, yeah. I, think, I think, honestly, I would – I'd be to have Mordo be like this, this kind of threat that it kind of lingers, and then you just go with Namor in this one, um, and then you bring that thing home. Um, that's a it's a kind of tried and true way to do trilogies. Um, I mean, I mean, we saw it uh, in 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 uh, the Dark Knight, where you know the Dark Knight was. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, fuck. What's the what's the organization called? Shit, I just blanked. Um, League of Shadows. Yes, thank you. We saw the League of Shadows, and then we got the Joker, and then we got the League of Shadows again to kind of tie it off. And so, yeah, if you got like you know, um, Baron Mordo, you set him up in the the the, the first one, and then you get like a, a a break from all of that, and then you bring him back in the third one, like that makes sense to me. I think you could pull it off. Absolutely. Uh, Tia, your thoughts on <clears throat> Scott Derrickson, right, Nick? That was his name? Yep. Yeah, Scott Derrickson possibly teasing the arrival of Namor in its, in um, in uh, Doctor Strange's sequel. Doctor Strange 2. Why did I say the sequel? Anyway, your thoughts here. Um. I don't really know the character, so I'm going to let you guys just continue to geek out about it. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, a lot of people compare him to, because he is identical, or you could say Aquaman is identical, um, the two characters are somewhat the exact same. Um, their powers are somewhat the same. Only difference is I personally feel as though Namor's trident looks a lot cooler than Aquaman. <laughs> um, and also, Namor, like, only has underwear on usually. Uh, <laughs> he got a like no shirt, no shoes, no socks, just underwear. That that that's how and, he, that's how he's going about it. In in the comics, Namor is the first mutant, so yes. um, that's the point. Like man. another kind of cool thing that you could maybe envelop. I don't think they would, but like you maybe could tie that because you have the X Men coming. So just yeah, and let's not forget. 
Um, this movie hasn't been uh, officially scheduled yet for an exact year and date. And let's not forget X-Men Come Home uh, a few days from now. So that gives you plenty enough time to, to introduce it. I just don't want a sequel to be where you open up an entire group of characters, like the entire origin of a group of characters. Um, the way Joel broke down the Eternals is why I feel like the Eternals should be what gives birth to mutants. Um, it just makes more sense, and you can kind of explore it more there than you can in some well, said sequel. Hey, maybe maybe it could be Namor. Like maybe Namor is, um, you know, sort of uh, blocking all of the quote unquote mutant powers and just releases it upon everyone. I mean, I don't know exactly how that would work, but um, I'm, I'm sure if that's, I doubt that's the way they're going to go because there's so many different ways they could go. But like, if that was the way they went, yeah, I'm sure Kevin Feige could make it work. He could, and I just prefer that to be then with his uh, solo movie. Don't cloud up Strange's sequel with that. Let that be Namor's own story. Um, where you can touch on it, you could touch on it the same way Silver War did Black Panther, but you explore right. it in his solo. Don't cloud up right. um, the Doctor Strange sequel. But all totally right, let's agree. move on to uh, our last topic. T, I'm going to start with you on this one. Excuse me. Um, it's even hard to uh, put together that Warner Brothers is doing this, but Warner Brothers' prequel to The Sopranos will debut in theaters on September 25th, 2020, and is now being called Newark. Um, Tia, I want you to spotlight your thoughts on the idea of this movie and two characters that happen to be favorites of yours. <laughs> so, obviously, The Sopranos was such a huge uh, show back in the day. I even remember... When I was younger, my parents were super obsessed with The Sopranos, and uh, I oh, would be too. like, I, I say like I'd be walking from like you know the restroom to my room, and they'd be like, "Quickly walk, because we don't want you seeing any of the bad stuff that's going on." And I'd have to like run right. into my room really quick. But uh, <laughs> and when you first when you first think of a Sopranos sequel uh, movie, you just think, okay, they're just trying to capitalize because we are in this era where everything of the past is either getting a prequel, a sequel, a reboot, a retelling, yada, yada, yada. But you have this amazing, what, what they're doing that is so smart is they're bringing in like a powerhouse um, cast. I mean, to have like Vera Farmiga in it and a few other people, but of course the two people that I want to highlight that John was referencing to is you have John freaking Bernthal coming into it. I mean that already <laughs> like it's like the I should have known. When it even started, it's like the first article is like John B and I was like that's it. It's John Bernthal. I'm going to it. They have my money. I'm sorry, you put him in anything, I'm going to see it. Put him in the new Flash movie, I'll go see it. Like, I don't <laughs> care. So, uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, he is perfect for this movie because it's going to take place in New Jersey. It's going to be a Sopranos sequel. I mean, that's the uh, prequel. He's perfect for this. And um, I I think that Corey Stoll is a super un, like underrated actor, because he's oh, been in yeah. a million, he's been in a million things, and then you really just don't hear anyone talk about him, and especially almost in the comic book world, because he was 
you know, maybe not the best villain in Ant-Man, so, like, really no one talks about him. But he's going to be perfect for this as well, that you threw him in there. So to have such star power for the Sopranos uh, prequel and the fact that it's going to be called Newark now, I will say, though, I'm a little disappointed with that because I liked the original um, title, which it was, like, the Saints of um, something, Newark, right? I like that. I yeah, like that I um, title. Too. Yeah, it, it was cool. So I'm a little, uh, you know, curious why they decided to change it. Maybe that's just um, a working title and maybe we'll go back. I don't know. So, but yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, and I think that it's going to just capitalize on that whole Sopranos fan and the whole, um, you know, mobster uh, movies out there. And the fact that, Ray Liotta, I think, is going to come, and it's going to be like him returning back to his like Goodfellow roots. Yeah, that's that's always good. But I will say the most important thing for this movie is that you better have the theme song somewhere, like have someone <laughs> playing it or something, because that theme song was I, I, it was so simple, but I loved it. Um, but Nick, your thoughts on the new title for the Sopranos? Sopranos, sorry, prequel. Um, and then your thoughts to anything Tia said? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's gold. Like, I think it's, it's definitely something HBO should mine. Um, I love gangster picks. Like, it's probably my favorite genre, like, just as far, like, that's why I love Quentin Tarantino so much. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, if the rumors are true, we're going to definitely be covering the trailer for, once upon a time in uh, Hollywood next week. Um, but yeah, like I, I think it's great. Um, I agree with Tia. I, I think the title was better. It, it honestly, like, um, like kind of reminded me of uh, um, things to do in Denver when you're dead, which is a very underrated uh, uh, crime drama um, from the nineties. The uh, had a character, uh, Andy Garcia played him called Jimmy the Saint. Um, and like, um, the, the, so the notion of the, the saints of Newark, um, like got me like a little more hype than just Newark. But, you know, I mean, I get it. Like I, it, if they want to change titles, I, I, it's fine. I'm not that, you know, I'm not going to hang on that too much. Um, but no, I've actually, as much as I love gangster uh, picks. I've actually never watched The Sopranos, um, the, the not one episode. Um, so when they announced that this prequel was coming out, I told myself I was going to wait and watch the prequel and then watch all of The Sopranos after the prequel, um, and 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 just hoping that the prequel wasn't one of those kind of prequels that like gave fan service to the people who like had watched the series and like spoiled like a bunch of shit in the actual show. Um, and, 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 you know, that was what I was going to do. So that's what I plan on doing. Um, and I hope, uh, that I hope it's really great and I hope to, uh, very much enjoy it and then be able to like delve into, uh, the series. In fact, I, um, I almost started it like two years ago and it was between it and the wire and the fact that The Wire only had five seasons, I ended up picking The Wire. And I do not regret my decision at all because The Wire is fucking amazing. So, um, Well, 
Uh, I started The Sopranos, so, and and it's it's definitely really good. James Gambafini, oh, untreated sure. actor. I Dude, love James no, Gambafini. I am sure it's fucking fantastic, and I I know I will enjoy it. Um, but like uh, like things that have like you know nine ten seasons, um, or eight or whatever it is, like uh, the, those those are like long commitments, and like I'm I'm more of like a three to five season guy, uh, and so. Uh, that probably says a lot about me. It probably means like you don't want to date me, um, but uh, but yeah, like I I, I definitely um, I, I chose the wire over it, um, and that was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, like shortly thereafter that, that that was announced, and so I'm gonna watch the prequel, and I'm sure I'm gonna enjoy it, and then I'm gonna like just jump right into the Sopranos and watch everything after that. Fair enough. Uh, Tia, Nick, I want to thank you both for joining me for another episode of Geek Vibes Live. And shout out to Kane and Dane and Joel who couldn't be on, but we'll be on next week. And me and Joel get to see Shazam next week, so we might have something to talk about with a separate show. But, again, thank you both for joining me. And Geek Vibes Nation, we will see you same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace.